that time of the year. Christmas. The happiest time of year. Merry. Festive. Jolly. Jolly. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) The gift-giving. Drinking copious amounts of nog. With copious amounts of alcohol. Singing Christmas carols once you've gotten good and liquored up. Shopping. Billions of cards. You didn't forget your cousin, did you? No. Damn it. Anyway, it's that time of the year we're all feeling in the festive mood. From the nog. Decking the halls. Christmas tree, the lights. The holly, the mistletoe. Getting tanked at your office Christmas party. Ah, who the hell are we kidding? Welcome to the BS Alert Podcast. I am your host, Pyle. And with me, as always, is Wise Girl. Merry Christmas, everyone. And Uberbill. Happy Yule. Yes, Yule. Let's not forget Yule. He gets kind of pissed when we forget him. <laughs> so, yes, it's, it's that time of year. It's the holiday season. We thought we would do kind of a theme on Christmas. And everything that has everything to do with it. So that's where we're going. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those celebrity Christmas spectaculars. There's there's music and there's dancing. And I mean, you won't see us dancing, but you can dance. And Are there we're... Wookiees? <laughs> <laughs> that's a different Christmas spectacular. And according to George Lucas's lawyers, uh, that never happened. Oh, okay. Well, that, well, our our opening intro was uh, Dennis Leary's "Merry Fucking Christmas" from two thousand and five. Hilarious! If you have we're going to play a little bit more of that. There was a, the the opening theme song is pretty funny too, so <laughs> we'll do that. So yes, we're talking about Christmas and the holidays, and we're going to kind of give you our spin on it and and all of that to the origin of Christmas. What's going on? Is there a war on Christmas? What's what's the deal? I I will admit. I love this time of year. I'm sure it's stressful and, and there's a lot of stuff going on, but you no, know, I I was raised in a household where we had a Christmas tree and we sang carols and we exchanged presents. And initially, what I loved about it was the presents, but I don't know, I just, I like this time of year. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. 
It's um, got some fun aspects. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, well, my big problem is I, I have a, a problem with the idea that you're supposed to give somebody something on a certain day. It just kind of blows away the sincerity of the gesture. You don't know if somebody's doing it because they just have to because it's a certain day or whether they really want to. Uh, yeah. I guess Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Everybody has gotten one of those gifts, the impulse purchase at the uh, checkout in Bed Bath & Beyond. you know, <laughs> Or the gas station. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes you can tell the sincerity of the gift by the gift itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like a Halloween cast-off. Like the garlic peeler. How did you guess? That's exactly <laughs> what I wanted. Yeah, I could use a garlic peeler. Socks. <laughs> I, I wear socks. How'd you know? A sweater. <laughs> Another one. Another one. Oh, God. I know you Christmas saw me wearing sweater. the one you gave me the last five years. <laughs> Thought, he needs another one. And the much maligned fruitcake. Uh, is that even... just becoming apocryphal now? I mean, is, I mean, I see those things. Oh, my grandmother. Uh, she definitely still makes them. Some people really enjoy fruitcake, but I think they're eating some kind of special fruitcake that tastes different from what we get. I could see it to like keep your trailer from rolling out uh, down your driveway or something. It's to make a great chalk. Well, I think the ones that most people get now are like the Eggo waffle of fruitcakes. Yeah. You know, they're the mass-produced, and they're they're crap. The little colored bits in there may or may not even be fruit. Although, hell, they may or may not even be fruit in any fruitcake. But I think when crafted with care, it's possible to receive a fruitcake that you could choke down. (laughs) I'll take your word for that. I've heard rumors of such a thing. Yeah. So what other what other things uh, pop into your head that mark this the holiday season? Uh, carols, you know the carols. The, come on, give me how many break. people are going around singing carols? I'm not saying caroling. Yeah, I love carols. I'm just saying carols. You know, Bing Crosby singing "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." I mean that that is awesome. Now Celine Dion singing the same, I can pass on. But you, you know the classics, Irving Berlin. I mean. You know, so right. I'm a simp. You know, a, speaking uh, of classics, let's let's share a classic with the audience. Oh, let's. Old Saint Nick's got bourbon breath. It's so cold you can catch your death. A cop sold me some crystal meth. It's a merry fucking Christmas. Everything's so Christmassy. The streets are twinkling with those hey, stop! Every's just sad on Santa's knee. It's a merry fucking Christmas. All the kids go to bed each night to dream what Santa brings them. Unless they're Jewish or Muslim or some other Jew religion. Crappy toys flying off the shelves. Midgets dressed up to look like elves. Spread good cheer or burn in hell. It's a merry fucking Christmas. See, I like that. People fighting over toys in the store. All the kids go to bed each night to dream what Santa brings them. Unless they're Jewish or Muslim or some other chip religion. Crackling fires to keep me warm. And my collection of Asian born. Cradle my bells and work my horn. It's a keep on trucking. Last year sucking. Midget chucking. Slap the puckin'. How much wood get a woodchuck checking? Oh, yes. You see, there's nothing like Christmas music. It just, just gets me right I, there. I have a, a tear in my eye as we. Oh, that's lint. 
<laughs> so, uh, what's in the news related to Christmas? Ooh, well, I have I have something juicy uh, that really kind of it it brings to mind the spirit of the season in New York, where the spirit of the season is often demonstrated. Uh, a pair of Jewish friends were getting off of a subway car, uh, and a group of people, someone in this other group of people, said, "Merry Christmas." And to which one of the Jewish boys replied, "Happy Hanukkah." <laughs> That's a beautiful exchange. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it, it brings to mind in World War One when the Germans and and the English would get out of their trenches and and celebrate Christmas that one night of the year. Uh, except this time, they the Christians kicked the Jews the Jews' ass. Um, now, what <laughs> happened? Like one of the guys like uh, pulled up his arm and showed right. a tattoo. He pulled up. One of the group immediately hiked up his sleeve and revealed a tattoo of Christ. Uh, Christ is the guy who, of course, said, if anyone maligns me, kill him, <laughs> I think. I, I haven't read my Bible in a while. He uh, also said, uh, if you if you can uh, become a eunuch for Christ, you should. <laughs> right. Well, anywho, uh, apparently one of the group uh, of the Merry Christmas crowd said, he said, happy Hanukkah. That's when the Jews killed Jesus. Uh, so yes, a right, right around just before Easter, I believe. <laughs> right, uh, a pack of historians. So anyway, they start they start kicking the crap out of these out of these poor Jewish guys. When a a Muslim jumps into the fray, he pulls the emergency brake, jumps onto the car, and rescues these two Jewish guys. Um, and Muslims are really working on their PR these days, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy is. They definitely need to, you know, they need to fly him to Iran uh, and get him. But I mean, did he PR. like pull up his sleeve and there was like a? Uh, we can't say that there was actually a picture of Mohammed. Well, there. if he had one, he would Evan have been Snow. killed. Yes. But you know, it could have been like Mohammed was here or something. Maybe a nice crescent. Ooh, a crescent. This is a job for Islam, guy. <laughs> Hey, he was just a good citizen who saw somebody just... in trouble and intervened. Right, but uh, they're and making a big return, deal. And in return, they invited him over to dinner. Yeah, see? To sit the spirit of the Christian. Really, cr- like the matzo season. balls and uh, what those weird fish in the jars. And stuff. Hey, they, they both fish. don't eat pork, so it's perfect. There you go. Oh, okay. The spirit of the season celebrated by a group of people who don't really celebrate much during the season. That's what I love about this story, that it really demonstrates the true meaning of Christmas. Right. Speaking of the true meaning of Christmas, you know, uh, this is one of the things that kind of always amuses me is you have there's factions of Christians that say uh, Christmas is all about Christ. Keep Christ in Christmas, blah, blah, blah. Then there's other factions of Christians that say, hey, Christmas is a pagan ritual. We're not even supposed to be celebrating it. And then you, there you have other Christians that are upset if you say Happy Holidays, or you say Xmas. So we want to get to the bottom of some of these ideals and find out what history actually says. So where should we start? I think with the uh, separation of the of the Christians over Christmas. Okay, so what are the origins of Christmas? Christmas, as we celebrate it today, is basically a modernization of an ancient pagan tradition called Yule. Well, hold on. Let's back up. Okay. Okay, let's back um, up. <laughs> First off, the whole notion of Christmas is to celebrate the birth of Christ, right? Correct. That's the theory. Ostensibly. One of the problems is that many biblical historians acknowledge, and this is not even that disputed, that Christ was not born on December 25th. 
Almost certainly not. Right. Right. It's hard to nail that kind of thing down. There's a passage in Ooh. the Bible where they talk about uh, tending uh, to their sheep, right? Right. Uh, it says, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, explains when Christ was born. And there were in the same ca- country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Um, this apparently would never happen in December. Because winter was like the rainy season and they couldn't stay out there. So it's just completely unrealistic that this is what they were talking about, like this time of year. Could have been any any time from spring to fall, but definitely not midwinter. Right. And, and of course, it's apparently pretty well recognized in many different encyclopedias. In fact, the Catholic Encyclopedia says that Christ was likely born in the fall. And I remember hearing something else about another uh, reference somewhere else talking about one of the Roman empire emperors who was um, in power or something. Right. And, uh, and the heat, you know, it, it just, there's a whole situation about the, the possibility that Christ was actually born in the year three AD or something like that. <laughs> Not actually zero. Um, he had a really long gestational period. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a lot of the holy things that happened about his birth. So, um, so if Jesus was not born on December 25th, what is the significance of December 25th? It's a very handy date. Right. Yeah, we need a good holiday then. <laughs> Indeed. Well, in fact, they already had one. Several. Right. Uh, pagans of the time, and pagans is an umbrella term that, that sweeps up a lot of, of religions of that time, uh, celebrated the winter solstice. Around and what is the winter solstice? The winter solstice is the point in the year where the days, which have been gradually getting shorter and shorter as winter is approaching, stop getting shorter. And so it's the shortest day of the year. It's the shortest day of the year, which means that the sun, the, there's less sunlight, which means that it's like the coldest or it's like the the peak of the winter season. Yes, and after the solstice. Uh, the days begin to get longer again. You get more sun, more light, more warmth. Um, it, it's basically when... Now, we're talking about like an age when people weren't sitting behind uh, their PlayStations and playing Call of Duty and Halo and and uh, uh, watching American Idol, right? They were actually paying attention to the sky and the seasons. And a lot and they, of the world revolved around the lunar calendar at that They time. noticed this stuff back then. They could tell when... When uh, things were when there was a cyclical change in the seasons, yeah, and they didn't have um, daylight savings time time confused them. Right, their windows didn't automatically change the time. (laughs) So, so basically, pretty much every civilization on Earth has a celebration around the time of the winter solstice because it's just such a significant event for any primitive society that it it gets celebrated. Life is returning. Light is returning. It's the, a jolly time of it's year. The end of you freezing your ass off uh, over too. the winter. Well, it's halfway into you freezing your ass off. Right, <laughs> but they know now they can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right, absolutely. And I'm sure mm-hmm. we're going to get a lot of angry emails from neo pagans and Wiccans about we missed some aspect of it. But that's the gist. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get like a burnt offering in the mail or something. <laughs> and so the reason I believe that the Christians picked December 25th was that because it already jived with this. This solstice celebration. Well, they're trying to get their religion rolling. Right. And, and so uh, this is a big celebration that they've got going on. So they've kind of just put their celebration piggybacked on top. So of then it, your missionaries right? say, oh, no, silly pagans. You're not celebrating solstice or Yule. You're celebrating the birth of Christ. And you say it enough. And then and then eventually the silly pagans are like, huh. 
You're right. We are. And then, bam, Christmas. So what aspects of the holiday season are truly Christian and what are uh, pagan? What came before Christ? We've got all kinds of stuff. We've got Christmas trees. We've got um, some of the sayings. and. Uh, well, well, let's start with identifying the Christian elements. Um <laughs> Because there, <laughs> there aren't very many. Uh, there's the whole birth of Christ thing. In the early church, Christmas was, if it was noticed at all, it was a very minor holiday. It was not a big deal. Uh, right, because the they Christian would not celebrate the birth Easter. of things. They would celebrate the death of uh, great people, right? Well, let's face it. The crux of Christianity <laughs> is the resurrection. Right. The birth not is the birth. just what had to happen before. Exactly. I mean, it, it's not an insignificant thing, but it's, it's not the pinnacle. And and Protestant Americans um, back before the late uh, 19th century really didn't celebrate Christmas. In fact, a lot of them uh, refused to celebrate Christmas and kind of they, they shunned those who did. The Puritans actually made Christmas illegal. Yeah. It was illegal to celebrate in any way. If you failed to show up at work on Christmas Day, you were in trouble. Of course, it's it's possible that celebrating anything uh, was illegal for the Puritans. They weren't a they weren't a fun bunch. This is true, but yeah, the the early church didn't really celebrate it much. It didn't become an official sort of holiday until at least the the fourth century A.D. Um, and then it by the time it had gotten piggybacked on some of these more popular uh, solstice celebrations, uh, then it kind of got rolling. But it was still not a terribly religious kind of focus. To the festival. Right. Well, basically, they had this celebration that had been going on long before Christianity took foothold in the community, and they co-opted it, right? Right, which happens with a lot of religions and happens with, uh, I would guess, pretty much every Christian holiday. There's usually a similar pagan holiday taking place at approximately so does like scientology have some special significance for december 25th they they may but they won't tell you unless you pay twenty thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> that's when you change the batteries in your e-meter <laughs> continuing with our little festive theme here's some christmas music to get you in the mood <laughs>
Yes. That's Bob Rivers, a famous uh, parody guy that does all kinds of interesting stuff. That smells like the night before Christmas. <laughs> Indeed it does. Well, another thing that I, I'm always wondering about is you have people that get offended by using Xmas instead of Christmas. What is the source of that? They have a legitimate beef. Well, I always understood it. It was just, you know, when you're writing in chalk or in soap on your window, you just couldn't fit Christmas, and so you wrote Xmas. But I learned just today that that's not true. Uh, well, it kind of is true in that oh. Xmas <laughs> is a short form, an abbreviation, if you will, for Christmas. But you um, see, people think that X is like Xing out Christ and just kind of saying that it's, it's a celebration, Christ, whatever. But that's not really the case, right? Uh, no, not at all. In early Christianity, the Greek letters chi, which looks like an X, and rho, were often used as a symbol to represent the word Christ because the first two letters of Christ in, in the Greek alphabet are chi, rho, Christ. Christ. Um, so chi and sometimes rho became a very popular way to abbreviate the word Christ, probably at least as early as the 6th century. And whenever you see, so whenever you see those uh, X's with a P sticking out of them, a P is how you spell, or it's how Rho is written. And so that's that's Cairo. Of course, that makes I, sense. I didn't know that, so you learn something new every so day. So basically, the Xmas is actually um, an ancient uh, reference to Christmas, and it is absolutely not unchristian-like, right? No, it, it, it's an abbreviation of Christmas. The, the X in Xmas means Christ. Yeah. Now, so. they might have some vague legitimate beef in that by not writing it out, people who don't know this are are left in the dark, but But rather than telling people the truth, <laughs> they 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 rail against it as part of the uh the war on Christmas. So thus far we've kind of established that uh, the origins of Christmas really are transcend long before the time of Christians and into the pagan mythology. And then there's the whole similarities between the Christ myth and Mithra, which was an early Persian god. And Persia, by the way, folks, that's Iran. Oh, those bastards. <laughs> Reach at us from history. But the point is uh, that that is all ancient, ancient history, stuff that's been going on for, what, thousands of years before um, we started using B.C. and A.D. Indeed. What other aspects of Christmas and the holiday season can we kind of call attention to? Well, the the most famous symbol of Christmas is the Christmas tree, certainly, from cookies to the... So where does that come from? ...actual tree itself. Uh, that, unfortunately, is also a, a pagan uh, symbol. In fact, in the Bible, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 10, 2 through 5, uh, it says, Thus says the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain, for one cuts a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen, with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers, that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither is it in them to do good. Uh, so the so the whole the, yeah, the whole Christmas thing is a heathen tradition. Then. Well, the whole Christmas tree thing, yes. But you it? notice he says, "Don't fear them." They're just like kind of uneducated common people. Pumpkins, that, right? right? Yeah. Until we can co-opt it, fear. Don't fear them. <laughs> Until we can grab that for ourselves. Until we launch a war on Christmas. War. <laughs> and what is the deal with this war 
on Christmas? I mean, who's who feels there's a war? And what is this war? And who are the factions? Bill O'Reilly, I think, is... Uh, he invented he, it. I, I think if he didn't invent it, he is certainly... Uh, it's poster boy. He, he Every year, uh, much like Christmas itself, it starts earlier and earlier. The decrying of this war on Christmas that... That when you go buy a stupid trinket at Walmart, the minimum wage employee says happy, if he says anything, says happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. And by God, that's just wrong. It's it's un-American and it's unchristian. And uh, and so Bill and his, his friends. Let's, let's see what Bill has to say. Let's see if I Back can. Back the book segment tonight, somebody. as you know, last year there was a culture war battle between people who wanted to say happy holidays and not say Merry Christmas. And those of us want to retain a Christmas tradition without interference. Some retailers actually told employees not to say Merry Christmas ever, and they were hammered by us for doing that. Of course, the media attacked me for spotlighting the problem, but what a difference a year makes. With us now, Peter Shankman, CEO of a uh, PR firm here in New York City and author of the book, Can We Do That? And from Bentonville, Arkansas, Julie Ream, the senior VP of marketing and communications for Walmart. You know what's interesting? Whenever they have these weird guests that nobody's ever heard of on Fox News, they all look like wax dummies. You know, <laughs> they've got that kind of glow that like their face has been buffed by like some kind of machine. <laughs> you know, they, like their soul is gone. I'll take your word for it. I, I really try not to watch. Yeah. Fox They're a News. shell of a human being. A soulless husk. It's like, I'm Bill O'Reilly. I found a few people that will justify my perverse, bizarre agenda because my dad was really mean to me when I was young. Let's listen. Miss <laughs> um, Reem, we'll begin with you. That last year, you were a little hesitant to say Merry Christmas. This year, you are the Christmas guys. What happened? It's true. Well, first, let me be the first to say Merry Christmas to you because clearly we are saying it. And we did make the change because last year, our customers told us that for them, saying Christmas was much more meaningful than saying Happy Holidays. That is Julie Rome, vice president of something at Walmart. And good Christian marketing, I believe. She was a, you know, a vice yes. president of marketing. Let's see what else she has to say. And we feel that we've got to react to our customers' needs. We certainly didn't get to be as large as we are by being arrogant enough to think that we had all the answers. We no, we got there by our screwing our, our employees. <laughs> Just screwing the hell Walmart out Walmart being arrogant? Come on. We listen to our employees. When our employees talk about unionizing, we are there for We them. fire the shit out of them. Merry Christmas. When there's a hurricane in their, in their region, we let them sleep in our parking lot. We are Walmart. What, what I love is that really Merry Christmas has so much more meaning when it's imposed as a cultural, uh, a corporate marketing with some device. Sullen, with some sullen 17-year-olds like Merry Christmas. Yeah, that really, oh. Thank you, Welcome sir. Welcome to Walmart. Merry Christmas. Buy more crap from China. <laughs> in fact, in September, when we road tested this with 7,000 of our associates at an annual meeting. You notice her voice? No. It's kind of hoarse. Huh. <laughs> you think she's Ann Coulter in disguise? No, I think, I think we know how she got to where she is. Oh. That's all I'm saying. Thing. We brought forth the idea that we were going to say Christmas. We showed them signage of the Christmas shop and of the Christmas greeting cards and the countdown to Christmas, and it was received with thundering applause. And because we do employ 1.3 million associates at Walmart and service 138 million customers every week, 
they're our customers too. So it's important that uh, our associates believe in it. They clearly do, and we're having a very positive reaction from our customers right, as well. Now why did their it associates also also believe in uh, in healthcare and uh, you know not getting fired? So uh, give me a break. Well, their associates are what these like sixty, seventy year old people that thought their retirement was going to pay for their living, <laughs> and now they have to go back to work at Walmart. Merry Christmas. <laughs> And the other associates are like, uh, you know, they've got three or four kids. They have no other opportunity because Walmart blew into their town and destroyed all the individual <laughs> their businesses. Their mom and pop store, yeah. Right, so, yes. It went out of vogue or out of strategic style for Walmart. How did that happen? Well, I think it's fair to say that because of what's been happening in the marketplace, obviously a much greater focus on the, the melting pot that the country has become even over the past decade, it seemed as though the most appropriate thing to do to be able to reach all of our customer, customers was to say happy holidays. Clearly, uh, we received word from our customers and our associates that that really wasn't what they wanted to hear. And because, again, 84% of Americans shop Walmart, and during the holidays, it's almost 90%. Yeah. All right, so you reacted to the, the marketplace. People, yeah, it was a smart thing to they do. They like Christmas. They wanted now, to hear See, Bill's upset. <laughs> he wanted her to say, well, Bill, you said we should do it. Right. So we should do it. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, marketplace. Smart thing to do. Yeah, the marketplace. La, la, la. Okay, so people didn't like it. <laughs> Buy my book. <clears throat> Peter, on the big picture, uh, Sears is following Walmart. Yes, let's get to the big picture. Let's find somewhere somewhere along the line where people actually agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the others. The only one is in his Best Buy. Best Buy is not using the word Christmas. Uh, but they will show images of Santa and the Christmas tree. That's nice. Um, <laughs> Which, I guess, where's that correlation there? Where's the Santa Christmas? What? Uh, what where's the whole war on Christmas thing? Uh, uh, he's getting his signals mixed. You know, Christmas tree. What about what? They just want cardboard cutouts of Jesus? God. You know, these are corporations. Corporations are not people. They don't have feelings. Yeah, they they have a, a mandate to make money for their shareholders. If they... You know, had recreations of the Passion of the Christ in the center of the store. If they thought that would improve their bottom line, they'd be doing it. They absolutely would do with real whips, right? <laughs> I mean, they'd have crucifixes going on twenty four seven in these stores if it made more money. Absolutely. I just think it's insane. Why, why, it, it's a Christmas federal holiday, so why doesn't everybody get on board? You know, I think that I think that the, the bigger question for me, why why is this the, the fact that it's a news story amuses me. I mean, you have Best Buy on one corner saying, no, 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 we're going to go out on our own. And you have Walmart, which, which. All right. Hold on. I don't know. You guys can't see this, right? This guy speaking. His name is Peter Shankman, and he is CEO of the Geek Factory PR and marketing firm. Interesting. So is he going to go against uh, Billow? I don't understand. He's I don't. Kinda... Oh, come on. Let's be real. But have you ever heard of this? This you know, this seems like uh, you know the son of somebody who's blowing somebody up at Rupert Murdoch's office. It really, you know, employs more people, and for that matter, makes more money than you know God and everyone else. How much money does God make? How come Billow's not upset by that? Well, yeah. churches do make a lot of money. God doesn't get a lot out of it. I think he got screwed out of his pension. I know, ago. but where I want to see God's tax return. He has a lot of dependents. <laughs> Isn't Shankman a Jewish name? Hey, Merry Christmas. Sorry. They're Walmart. Short of 
shooting puppies on national TV in their parking lot, people are going to continue to go to Walmart, and they no, always no, no, will. No, you'd be surprised, though. Uh, people are very emotional about Christmas traditions, very emotional. But the Christmas trees are there. They walk out, they no, see the snow. They don't want to hear it. And, and they should, but they should hear it. But the fact that this has become a national story, if you're going to say Huge. Merry Christmas, you know, say Merry Christmas, say Happy Hanukkah. I don't get offended as, as someone Jewish when I hear Merry Christmas. I mean, hey, Merry no, Christmas, Happy Say Hanukkah. it all. Be all-inclusive. Be everything. It's and, like you know, Club Wait, 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 wait. wait. Give, me a, give me a pause. <laughs> be all-inclusive, which is what Happy like Holidays is supposed to be freaking all-inclusive. Um, I hear at Club Med you get a free loofah with every hotel room you book. <laughs> yeah. But be all, he's saying be all-inclusive, but Happy Holidays was supposed to be that way. And that, that phrase is all-inclusive. It's supposed to be inoffensive. And it's supposed to include all of the holidays that happen around right, this right. time of year. Uh, We're not going to get into how Bill O'Reilly's mind works. That's uh, like three or four separate shows in it. I think itself. we can make a year out of that one. Yeah. Uh, we need to bring a couple of really hardcore psychologists on board for that one. <laughs> Club Med of Walmart, exactly. All right, but look, I don't understand the holdouts. I don't understand Best Buy because, the, look— more than 90% of Americans practice Christmas, all right, in the sense that they celebrate the federal holiday. Whether you're Okay. Um, I think, Bill, you've got some stats there. Uh, oh, what are the deep. actual stats on um, Christmas? All right. So uh, Gallup polls from 1994 to 2005 consistently show that more than 90% of adults say they celebrate Christmas. Or practice Christmas, according to Bill O'Reilly. Uh, you know, celebrate Christmas. How do you mean, practice it? Well, well notice <laughs> that he said practice it uh, as a federal holiday. Right. Which, right. Which, I, mean, I guess, I guess if you go, go into work. work. Right. Oh, shit, work, it's Christmas. Fuck, I'm supposed to be I'm practicing. I'm protesting against this federal holiday. I'm going to go in and work anyway because yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get paid or I'm getting paid anyway. Yeah, just right. because they've got the heat off at the office doesn't, doesn't right. affect me in any And way. so including, this is interesting, though, these Gallup polls show that 84% of non-Christians also say that they celebrate Christmas. But, you know, what the polls, and I don't know how they ask the question, but celebrating Christmas can mean whatever that, you know, you could all have dinner together. That could be your version of celebrating Christmas. And so, or you could all get together and say Merry Christmas to each other, I guess. Suffice uh, to say these polls. One of the problems with these polls is that you never know what the question they asked. You know, like you could say, do you believe in the spirit of Christmas and what it represents uh, re relative to Christianity and Jesus being born? And they can answer that. Or you could say, do you celebrate the Christmas season? And and so an entirely different demographic group can answer yes to those things for different reasons. Right. When we when we see these polls, we don't see what the actual question asked was. Very so and, and, and they're most certainly loaded. You know. Well, and I can definitely say, uh, and I have some data here for uh, one of the ways that Americans celebrate Christmas is by buying shit. Uh, they have been buying a lot of it. The average spending per consumer uh, in, let's see, it peaked in 2001 at $1,052. Uh, $1, um, in 2001, the average shopper spent that much money on Christmas presents. Or celebrating the holiday, uh, whatever decorations. Uh, well, yeah, it's a big business. I mean, I mean, this is a corporate holiday now more oh, than anything else. It, it has declined somewhat, and this year it is projected, you know, because uh, we're all scared shitless about where the economy is going. They project that we're going to spend somewhere around eight hundred and sixty bucks per shopper. 
Now, you know, these are skewed because you get one jackass who buys his wife a Lexus, and he's going to skew, you know, the one guy who bought his wife a box what, of chocolates What, you didn't spend 860 bucks, Bill? <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> I got bills to pay. <laughs> My baby knows I love her. <laughs> Speaking of materialism, um, here's an interesting little song. And it's not directly related to Christmas, but this is a guy that I met a couple of years ago at the Kerrville Folk Festival, and I was very, very impressed. And a folk artist by the name of Nick Annis, A-N-N-I-S, and uh, you can probably search him on YouTube. But I think this is an, a fun little spirit of um, materialism in the holiday season and merchandising, and I think it fits right in with what we're talking about. It's a song called Home Depot. There's miles of aisles of Chinese-made Plastic tools by peasants paid A living wage and bowls of rice So I can get the lowest price That's why I love Home Depot <laughs> The botanical diversity That was the jungle canopy Is now a Guatemalan street So I can buy these plywood sheets That's why I love Home Depot my ceiling fans a Boston breeze, but the instructions are in Cantonese. I'm trying hard to read them. Ding chow fo means find the stud. Ooh, some kills will cover up that blood. And get some caulk and drywall mud, I think that I will need them. Because nothing's built to last, you see, they make it fast and shoddily. But it's good for the economy, keeps consumers buying. And what else are you going to do in the sheetrock sheds of the chosen few but pick a peck of drywall screws and just keep on trying? Made proudly in the USA, the box says in the big display in this, they're not allowed to say unless it's really true. But, oh, they're wily like the fox because they're just talking about the box. The insides coming from Taiwan were put together in Peru. There's rows of hoses, pails of nails or stuff to fix the stuff that fails to work the way it used to when you bought it new last year. But a billion aftermarket parts and wizards of the market arts will get you up and moving through these doors and shopping here to these miles, vials of Chinese-made plastic tools by peasants paid. A living wage and bowls of rice so I can get the lowest price. But I still shop. No, I can't stop. I still love Home Depot. That's uh, Nick Annis there. Uh, great folk nice. guitarist. Uh, and if, you can, if, you, if he's playing your town, go, go check him out. Let's get back on to Christmas traditions and what their true origins are. I mean, there's so many of them, like mistletoe. The Yule log, or whatever that is. Um, let's uh, let's talk about mistletoe. Where's that come from? Well, mistletoe is straight out of the Druidic tradition. The Druids found oak trees and oak groves holy. Mistletoe grows as a parasite on oak trees, uh, so it was considered a sort of particularly miraculous and also a lot easier to bring into your house than an oak tree, since it you know, seemed to live on air and uh, was always green and hung out with the sacred oaks, it was uh, considered to be a pretty significant plant. Hmm. Um, and it was, of course, also associated somewhat with fertility, so that's where the whole kissing thing comes in. It's 
it's a way of getting you primed up for a little bit of fertility ritual. Again, nothing to do with Christianity. Now, one of the things that kind of fascinated me was this whole Yule thing. And I've learned oh, recently Yule. that Yule is uh, its a whole another discipline unto itself that transcends, again, any Christian um, assemblances of, of this holiday season. Indeed. Uh, Yule, and my research, it's a little fuzzy on, on the origins of the word itself, but, but one I kind of liked was that it, it uh, one of the Norse languages, uh, Yule means wheel, uh, or comes from wheel, and so the, the year is at the lowest point on the wheel, only to, to rise up again. Uh, and so it's, it's a celebration of the winter solstice. It is, it is one of these winter solstice celebrations. Uh, and it was celebrated a lot of different ways. It's mentioned in uh, Norwegian uh, sagas, Icelandic sagas. They don't really talk very much about how it was celebrated. Um, but some people, we do have some history, Swedish kings would actually sacrifice male slaves uh, every ninth year during the Yule sacrifice. Uh, there was dancing in the Middle Ages in Iceland. Um, the Reformation kind of killed that. Uh, there was also uh, ritual slaughtering of a boar on Yule. And so uh, the eating of a Christmas ham comes from the fact that they would bring a boar into the hall, into uh, this, these Norse halls. Everybody would put their hand on this boar uh, and, and say a prayer. And the idea was that their prayers were going to go up uh, to their god Freyr, uh, who was a Norse fertility god. And then they slaughtered the boar and they served it. And so the eating of a Christmas ham is a Yule tradition. It was a big party. They ate, they drank, they danced. Um, you know, they did, they had a great time. See, I read somewhere else that this Yule celebration was some kind of homage to the god Thor. I don't know, you know, I guess there's a lot of shaky um, lore on on the on the history of these things, right? There's often a lot of confusion when you when you talk about pre-Christian religions in Europe because the people who wrote them down tended to be Christian. <laughs> um, so you often didn't get a lot of details, and when you did get details, they were often, uh, shall we say, not written by people who approved of the traditions they were writing about. They were written by people who were standing on the necks of the people they were writing about. Right. Exactly. Well, the Yule log was was also associated with uh, the Yule celebration. Uh, the idea was that you would burn the Yule log, which would often last as long as 12 days. Uh, the whole 12 days thing uh, has possible origins in a number of places, but this is one of them. What, what kills me is that do you know anyone who burns a Yule log? I mean, it's like one of those traditions that you hear about, but you don't know anyone who's ever celebrated them. I thought it was a kind of cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the cake came after the log. Oh, okay. I prefer the cake. But yeah, a lot too. of this centers around this idea of Saturnalia. Okay, Saturn being some kind of a deity that was worshipped by the Romans, right? A Roman god, very important right. one. Um, and a lot of this is derivative from that, or maybe the Romans kind of appropriated earlier myths too. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's this historical melting pot. People were influenced by everyone who ever existed, every society. They were all influenced by the societies around them, by the societies that they conquered or were conquered by. Um, so it all just kind of gets mixed in together, and it's hard to say who did what when. Now, see, but the Romans, they celebrated this festival of Saturnalia. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. And it's from December 17th to the 24th. And apparently on the um, winter solstice, 
that was is kind of like now we're from New Orleans, so we understand this concept of Ash Wednesday and Fat Tuesday, where you kind of party your ass off and till a certain date, and then you have to kind of start to fast. And um, this was a very similar kind of concept, right in Rome, where um, they would party, party, party until the uh, the winter solstice, at which point they would kind of begin to buckle down again. And they called this the Festival of Saturnalia. And December 25th marked the uh, the birth of the unconquered sun, decreed by the Emperor Aurelian in 274 AD as a winter solstice celebration. And apparently later the Christians kind of took it over to celebrate the birth of what they called the Sun of Light. And there's where that kind of gray area is. We were celebrating the birth of light, meaning the shortest day of the year, marking the day the light starts to come out, whereas the Christians were calling Christ the light and the way. So it kind of just seemed natural they would kind of it would all get melded together. Right, because there was a god, this god Mithras, uh, who actually shared a lot of similarities uh, with what we would. But again, do you think that the Romans appropriated? Mithra. Yes. Oh, almost certainly. Um, definitely. And they and their version instead of Jesus was Saturn, who is the fire god, the god of sowing planting because heat from the sun was required to allow for planting and the growth of crops, and he was worshiped in this dead of winter festival so that he could come back and warm the earth again so that the spring planting would occur. So that the Romans considered Saturn to be a major god which may be their repackaging of Mithra, which was a previous Persian god where you had all these people celebrating during that time. Um, I I think it's not so much that the Romans turned Mithras into Saturn. Uh, The Romans had a sort of a standing policy that whenever they conquered an area, they adopted its gods and just sort of added them to the pantheon. I mean, <laughs> they thought the more gods, the better. It's like a clown car religion, really. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. So so they were celebrating uh, Saturnalia on the one hand and the birth of Mithras. They were pretty much happy to celebrate them both at the same time without ever thinking they were the same person. It's and in all, many cases, they were the, these were the same gods because virtually every civilization has a fire or a sun god. And the Egyptians yeah. called him Vulcan. And the Greeks called him Kronos. And uh, the Babylonians called him Tammuz. Or Baal. Or Nimrod. <laughs> Nimrod. Or Molech. And they were all various names for the same kind of deity that they sought at this time as an explanation for the nature of why the sun rose and set and the seasons and all of this. So God knows what, you know, I'm sure in a thousand years when we're all Scientologists, they will have adopted some aspects of Christmas. And so some idiot will be doing a podcast a thousand years from now and they'll be talking about all these weird traditions and where they come from and they'll be like, oh. And the God pile. (laughs) Fine. And the God of of sarcastic wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it is really it's really interesting and i think the the thing that kind of bothers me the most is this arrogance of man to think that jesus is like the sum total the hear all the be all of mythology and history when if you open your eyes and you look back through history you can see there's a long string of different kinds of beliefs and different philosophies and Nobody really knows for sure who's right and who's wrong, but this is an ongoing progression. So when you hear these 
various groups talking about how Christmas is supposed to be a certain way, you're basically listening to one person with a very narrow view and a very narrow impression of history saying that they're quite certain this is exactly the way things were supposed to be or are, are supposed to be. Right, that when you buy uh, your Wii game at Best Buy, that, that the only way to celebrate Christmas properly yeah, is where's to have Wii somebody Best say... Buy? Have, you, have you gone to Best Buy and asked for a Wii? <laughs> I have. <laughs> You're looking for Christmas presents? I don't know You're what the celebrating. deal is. Hey, dude, you got to practice Christmas. You got to <laughs> buy some shit. You got to get up to eight hundred and sixty bucks, or you're not a consumer. <laughs> How did you know I wanted a Wii? <laughs> I don't know if I even like a Wii, but the fact that there's so many of them and so many people don't have them, you know, <laughs> I gotta get one that's because that psychological I can't. Bullshit they play on you. <laughs> Fuck you, Nintendo. In the spirit of Christmas, let's hear another Christmas carol. What do you say? Oh, let's let's please. Lacey thinks the wife is missing Didn't ask for her permission I'm wearing her clothes, her silk pantyhose Walking round in women's underwear In the store there's a teddy With little straps like spaghetti It holds me so tight like handcuffs at night There's a guy named Melvin He pretends that I am Murphy Brown He'll say, are you ready? We'll say, whoa, man Let's wait until the wife is out of town Later on, if you wanna We can dress like Madonna Put on some ice shade and join the parade Wearing her clothes, silk pantyhose Walking round in women's underwear Walking round in women's underwear Walking round in women's underwear The lovely, poignant sounds of Bob Rivers. That's... Walking around in women's underwear. Hey, I do that all the time. <laughs> well, that's me good. too. I mean, uh, <laughs> see, we need to be doing a video podcast. Obviously, one of the things that's really that's come up lately is um, this resolution in the House of Representatives, House Resolution eight forty seven, because the other eight hundred and forty six resolutions this year just weren't good enough. <laughs> um. Certainly not Christian enough. Recognizing the importance of Christmas and the Christian faith because Christians are so confident over their superiority as the dominant religion in America that they feel the need they have to pass a resolution in Congress. So let's let's listen to this resolution. It is. Whereas Christmas, a holiday of great significance to Americans and many other cultures and nationalities, is celebrated annually by Christians throughout the United States and the world, whereas there are approximately 225 
million Christians in the United States, making Christianity the religion of over three-fourths of the American population, whereas there are approximately two million, two billion Christians throughout the world. Christianity is the largest religion in the world and the religion of about one-third of the world's population, whereas, 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 blah, 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 blah. Whereas on December 25th of each calendar year, American Christians observe Christus, the holiday celebrating the birth of their Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus. Even though history and... It just said they celebrate. Didn't okay, mean right, right. Well, this is definitely the kind of um, the compromised version. <laughs> Whereas for Christians, Christmas is celebrated as a recognition of God's redemption, mercy, and grace. And whereas many Christians and non-Christians throughout the United States and the rest of the world celebrate Christmas as a time to serve others, now therefore be it resolved that the House of Representatives, number one, recognizes the Christian faith as one of the great religions of the world. Can I get a rock on? Rock on! Yes! Jesus in the house. All right! Number two expresses continued support for Christians in the United States and worldwide. Support them, Christians! You go, Christians. Number one. Keep walking tall. All right. Number three, acknowledges the international religious and historical importance of Christmas and the Christian faith. Yes! I mean, Christmas! Yes! Number four. Acknowledge and supports the role played by Christians and Christianity in the founding of the United States and the formation of the Western civilization. Fuck you, Thomas Jefferson. You are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Cue the crickets. Seriously, uh, we, we could do a whole show about how the United States is not founded on the Christian religion. Probably will a little bit later. And yes, we will later. Okay. Yeah, that's why the Constitution has no mention whatsoever of God and, and Christianity. Right, right. And the Declaration of the, Independence, the which is not any kind of binding document, you know, is is one of the few things that mentions God, but it's kind of like a passing thing anyway. <laughs> let's Anyway, let's move on. Number five, rejects bigotry and persecution directed against Christians both in the United States and worldwide. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I hate it when Christians get beat up on the subway. Yeah, the cri- yeah. poor persecuted Christians. <laughs> Majority of the uh, people on the planet. Well, that's most not- powerful religion ever. Yeah. Persecuted. Okay, let's this move year, on. Anyway. Let's move on. Number six expresses its deepest respect to American Christians and Christians throughout the world. Can I get an amen? Gentiles yeah! in the house. Oh, fuck you, Jews. That's what they're saying, basically. <laughs> So that is House Resolution 847. A brilliant use of our representative. Right. Time. That's your ta- do you have, you guys have any idea how much money, how much your taxpayer dollars went into this fucking bullshit? It's it of course, as could be expected, swept the house. It it Right. Passed, it's like it, one of those like, you know, who's, yeah. Our little baby's cute. It's like House be it Resolution that 897. Puppies, right, right. Puppies are good. Do you like okay. puppies? Money's nice. It's like they're thinking, if I vote against this, next time I run for re-election, he hates puppies. They're going to crucify me, possibly literally. Yeah, Yeah, uh, there were nine no votes uh, against this crazy shit. Uh, One of them was a Republican, and I unfortunately forget his name. Uh, But he said that he was voting no in uh, protest 
to the fact that George W. Bush vetoed the expansion of children's health care. Uh, that that while here we are saying hooray for Christmas, uh, our president basically told Tiny Tim to go fuck himself. Uh, and so he felt that it really wasn't in the spirit of the season. Well, and show me he, where in the Bible it says children are supposed to have health care. Hmm? <laughs> it's true. Suffer the little children to come unto me, but <laughs> right. it doesn't really specify health care. He, he is happy that dashes the little ones against the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> the meek will inherit the earth because that's where they'll all be buried. Right, right, right. It's just unbelievable that, that any time was spent on this ridiculous crap. Well, it's not ridiculous. It's all about reinforcing that kind of precedent that the United States is a Christian nation, which we'll, we'll cover in another, another, Stay tuned. another show. <laughs> anyway, um, as always, we appreciate uh, your continued support, even though... The show might not have been our best, but we're, but it's the holiday season, and you know, everybody's pulled in different directions. So we st- we wanted to put something out because we love everybody online, and uh, we it's our to Christmas gift to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and you know gift. what? There's no receipt, so you can't take it back. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want it back. No regifting. Although Actually, you never know, as much as you like, take it back to Lowe's. They'll give you some money for it. They seem to be really good at that. <laughs> Anyway, Make sure they say Merry Christmas when they take yeah. it. The, uh, be sure to visit us at www.bsalert.com. Our podcasts are always going to be at podcast.bsalert.com. We are on iTunes. If you search BS Alert or if you go to bsalert.com, you'll see a big honking ugly graphic image that says subscribe by iTunes, and you can click there. Please do, and please tell other people this is an important podcast at some point. We'll be able to like get some heavy hitters. Not that we haven't had heavy hitters on already. Thank but you, James Randy. Yes, he was he was awesome. Um, and we, we he's going to be like we're going to have a little bronze of him in the BS Alert Plaza when we build it. It's currently right above uh, Pyle's bed. Yes, <laughs> but still, you know, we're working on it. We appreciate that. Anyway, thanks for listening. And and we got we we do have some good stuff. We kind of been we're holding back on you guys so we're just, saving it up for the new that's year. right stay tuned we we're not going to be content in 2008 if we don't get a death threat every other week Ooh, and we're working on it you haven't seen anything 